Chapter 23, Solid Footing, When We Got Back, Wendy to Live with Dick and Valerie, and I Rejoined the Band. After just a week back, my relationship with Wendy was rocky, because I was real upset with her. A drummer I knew named Mike, asked if I wanted to go north for a few weeks and visit some friends of his in Sacramento. I thought it was a good idea. I didn't know I was about to have another brush with trouble. When we got to Sacramento, I found it odd that their house all concrete. No grass or trees, just concrete everywhere. Mike pounded on the door. It opened, and one after another these four really big guys came forward, popping their heads around the doorway. Come in, come in. They locked the door behind us and brought us to the living room, where a Harley-Davidson motorcycle was parked in the center of the room. When I took a closer look at the guys, I noticed their leather jackets, embroidered with skulls and wings. Over an emblem it said, Joker's Wild. They were a chapter of the notorious outlaw motorcycle club Hell's Angels. They were known for drugs, fighting and even killing in the name of honor. Being around them was scary as hell. They talked about murder and fighting like it was nothing. The Joker's Wild were the biggest club in the area, and that first night I was careful about what I said and did. As the days went by, doing drugs, they started to see me as a prospect. I was underage so I couldn't drink with them. They would go to restaurants with a bar and grill so I could get in. There I was, 18 years old and weighed just a bit over 100 pounds, walking around with the biggest meanest group of bikers in California, one night, after I'd been with them for a short time, one of the older men said, we're going to take you under our wing. We're going to feed you, clothe you, and put money in your pocket. You're going to play in bands. We're going to teach you how to build Harleys, but you know what we need from you. No, I said, loyalty, he said. You need to prove yourself to us. Can you do that, Tommy? I can. Part of hanging with us is you have to have an initiation. We have to know you can hold your mud. What's that? I asked, it means you have to hold your own. Whatever you do in life, you have to prove you can hold your mud. If you start a fight, you finish it, he said, he told me we were going to the wigwam. It was this bar outside of town shaped like a wigwam and lit up at night with neon. The bar was a place where both the bikers and locals went to drink. And they always had beefs with each other. We called the other guys Okies, you're going to go in there, Tommy, and pick the biggest, meanest looking Okie in the place and start a fight with him. I was barely 5 feet 8 inches and skinnier than shit. I was so thin, I wore a Harley primary belt chain around my waist to keep my pants up. They sent me into this bar I wasn't even old enough to be in, and I walked through all the smoke to find a big man, probably pushing 300 pounds, sitting at the bar. I cleared my throat behind him and he turned to look at me and laughed, what are you laughing at? I said. You're one of the ugliest motherfuckers I ever saw in my life. He turned in his chair, his face no longer had a trace of humor in it. He reared back his fist, but he was so big and slow that by the time he moved for me, I was gone. I'd run to the other side of the table. When he saw me, he charged after me, throwing chairs aside. I was trying to get my chain off my waist so I could hit him with it and keep him away from me. But it got stuck. 
He was coming fast around the table, oh shit, I said as I fumbled to get my chain off, I ran around to the other side of the table and grabbed a bar stool, trying to keep him away from me. I managed a few hits and did all I could to hold my own. After a few minutes, the doors to the bar flew open and the rest of my club came in. They started breaking bottles and throwing stools, no guns or knives, but there was a lot of blood. Everybody in the bar got into the brawl. During the fighting the lights went dark, and we all started running from the club. One of the guys from the gang had cut the lines to the bar. We all scattered out to the parking lot and started driving off in the pitch dark, with not even a neon sign to light our way, I rode back to the clubhouse feeling terrible. I didn't like any of how that night had played out. I couldn't help but think of Father Divine and my mom. How ashamed they would be of what had happened and the person I was becoming. I'd been in fights before, but I'd never done anything like that. Everybody around me was celebrating. Little Tommy held his own. But I was already thinking about how I was going to get out. I saw no future in this new life. It was close to Christmas. I'd been in Sacramento for a few months, and I decided I would go back to Wendy. I said, I have this girl in Southern California. She's been waiting for me all this time. I need to go back to her. I need to get her something for Christmas and go back. We understand, Tommy, one of the older guys said. We'll let you go back and see your girl. They fed me drinks all night, and by midnight, I'd blacked out. I woke up the next morning with a killer headache and an aching arm. I looked down and saw that my shirt was off. On my arm was a tattoo that said Wendy. Who did this? I said, we all did, they laughed. The oldest one said, we gave you some downers and hooked you up with a tattoo. That day Mike and I headed back to Southern California. My arm throbbed. When we went to see Wendy at her parents' house, I showed her the tattoo, and she was not impressed. We were back about a week when Wendy's dad, Richard, asked me to meet him at his private club in Westwood. We sat at a table, and he talked first. Listen, Wendy's been a wreck since you've been gone. I know, I said. I'm going to cool it. No Tommy, listen to me. Wendy has a lot going for her. I'm afraid if she stays with you, she's going to follow in your footsteps. And your life's not going great. She's got all these opportunities right now, and acting could really open up for her. I understood what he was saying. I nodded, the best thing that you can do for her if you really care is to break up with her. It's time for her to grow without you. Okay, I said. You're a good man, Richard. I know you want what's best for her. I knew he was right. She had been holding back from her future all the time I'd been gone. It took me a few days after that meeting to muster up the resolve. I called Wendy and said, I don't like how things went in Canada. You really screwed up. I think it's time to break it off. She cried, after all we've been through. I wished I could tell her the truth, but I didn't. She was devastated, but it was time for her to move on with her life, and it was time for me to put my life back together too.